Hi, this is Danielle Krissa from The Jealous Curator, and this is episode 163 of Art for Your Ear. Today's episode is supported by the lovely people at Create Magazine. They have an open call right now for women. Yep, an international open call for women artists, because just like me, Create Magazine is incredibly passionate about highlighting work by contemporary female and identifying as female creatives, and they are dedicating their spring 2020 edition to this group. Ooh, and the guest curator for this is Liesl Strauss. She's the founder of Art Girl Rising, who I just did my tote bag collaboration with, and she's also um, the woman behind all of those t-shirts that you see with the five women artists named, and she also happens to be the co-founder of Subject Matter Art. All of this to say, yes, she is a badass. Anyway, the deadline for submissions for Create's uh, spring issue is February 2nd, 2020, and the fee is $35 for three images of individual artworks. Now, in case you are wondering, the fees go towards supporting Create Magazine's art community and helping provide opportunities for artists. If you can't pay the fee, you are more than welcome to submit to their blog for free. To learn more, visit createmagazine.com slash callforart, all one word, createmagazine.com slash callforart. So today I have a new co-host joining me. We were planning on tackling the topic of is it art, is it craft, which we attempted, <laughs> but that also led us down some other pretty winding paths like women in art and mothers as artists. Yes, big topics. Natalie Baxter is here with me today and I am so excited. I've loved Natalie's textile work for years, and I'm sure that you've seen it because I've written about her a bunch of times on my site, she's in two of my books, and she was on the podcast a few years ago. Natalie has taken quilting to a whole new level. She makes soft guns, stuffed American flags, and bedazzled eagles, among other things. She also just became a mother to a gorgeous little girl named Petra, who's only six months old. So yes, Natalie is currently knee-deep in figuring out how to be a mother and an artist at the same time, and I might say she is rocking it. Okay, before we talk to Natalie, I want to just take a couple of minutes today to talk about something, or someone, I should say. Arlo the asshole, my inner critic. <laughs> oh, Arlo, I have been working very hard over the past few years to give him a time out in the corner, and for the most part, it has worked. He shouts the occasional insult, but I can usually translate his BS into feedback that helps me get back on a good path. That said, he has been particularly chatty lately. <laughs> I am working on a solo show that's coming up in Nashville this March. 20 to 30 new pieces, hopefully closer to 30. When Modfellow's Gallery asked me to do this, I was super excited to get started. I got my panels made, and then I spent hours and hours and hours and hours prepping them. Sanding, priming, sanding, more priming. And then there they were. 30 gorgeous, smooth, perfect panels. And I froze. I have not felt like that in a really long time. And I'll tell you, I did not like it. I was suddenly second guessing ideas and brush strokes and all of it really. Why? That's what I had to figure out. And quickly, because I need to ship these pieces in a few weeks. I'll spare you my angst and list-making and self-doubting spirals and just cut to the chase. I think my problem came from the sheer volume of perfect surfaces. 
I mean, really, that was a shitload of potential staring back at me, and it was kind of overwhelming. Okay, actually, not kind of. It was overwhelming. I don't think I've ever had 30 pieces on the go at one time, and I just, honestly, I just wasn't sure where to start. On the big ones or the little ones? Should I start with the circular panels or the squares, or should I go back and forth? Ah. But because I had to start, I had to figure this out. Okay, so step one, breathe. <laughs> I forget to do that sometimes. Step two, I needed some kind of theme to tie this show together in my mind. The theme was not going to be my new fibroid portrait series, though. That didn't feel right for this show. And besides, I've decided that they're going to be used in an exhibition I'm doing this April in Minneapolis. A full gallery, full of tumor portraits. We're done. <laughs> See, I'm so excited, and I think that was part of my problem. I'm so excited about this fibroid series that it's hard for me to think about anything else. But if I didn't want this Nashville show to be about the portraits, what should it be about? Arlo had a few rude suggestions, no surprise. As I was telling him to shut the hell up, I thought, Oh, Arlo, you asshole, you have just given me a brilliant idea. The show is going to be titled, Shit Arlo Says. And every piece has something to do with a little gem that he's put into my head at some point along the way. Luckily for me, over the past few decades, Arlo has thrown way more than 30 of his opinions at me, so I am completely set for this show now. In fact, I'm actually having fun. I have been working from morning till night on these pieces, with, of course, occasional breaks for school drop-off and pick-up being the mom that I am. I am using pom-poms and glitter, both of which Arlo thinks are girly, obviously too pretty to be real art, and too quote-unquote crafty. <sighs> if you hear your inner critic shouting at you from the corner, just know that it really is possible to turn that evil into good. Look, if I can do it, you most certainly can do it too. Get out of your head, shake your shoulders around a little bit, and just make what you want to make. You know what? I love girly, crafty stuff. So F you, Arlo. It's happening. In fact, I have a piece in this show titled, Oh shit, is this a craft? No, Arlo, you dick. It's art. That title is also a perfect segue into my conversation with Natalie today. Let's go talk to her about the ridiculously circular topic of art versus craft versus art versus craft versus blah, blah, blah. Oh, and just a heads up, something weird happened to our recording at one point, and there are a few tiny glitches here and there in the audio, so just roll with it. Okay, let's go talk to Natalie Baxter in Brooklyn. Hi, Natalie. Hey, Danielle. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. H how's your sleep? Um, pretty good. <laughs> I like, yeah, I, I forget. Even, I'm like, did she wake up last night? I don't even remember. <laughs> like a weird blur. I know. So how old is she now? Six months? Yeah, six months. Oh, my gosh. She's I the know. cutest. Her little round head. <laughs> oh, my God. She's just so cute. I think she's cute, too. Oh, my God. I don't know how you handle it. Every time you post a photo of her, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. There she is again. My son is 13 <laughs> now. You. I know. I was wondering that. I was like... You've been through all this. But... I have, but he did not sleep. Oh, really? Wow. No, uh, he slept through the night when he was two years and three months. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
So the fact that you're like, oh, did you sleep through the night last night? I don't know. That's awesome because I could have told you very clearly that no, he did not <laughs> sleep through the night. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, at first she started sleeping really well in the beginning and then she regressed. So I was like, what is this? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, that's the joys. They're, you're, never, you're never an expert. Yeah. They, are, they constantly changed. keep you on your toes. And, and mine is 13 now and it still changes all the time so you you never get good at it um so oh my gosh so the last time you were on the podcast was like three years ago yeah yeah I was about to go to Vermont Studio Center I remember it was was January or December um cold yeah and, and I remember what was so funny was that you were on the podcast you had said because um, I was asking, like, oh, you know, what's the what's the internet's feedback on your flags and guns? And you were like, oh, there's some mean things that get said. And, and you were about to go to Vermont, and you were like, I think I'm going to use those negative comments and make art pieces with the negative comments. And yeah. you did. Yeah. Yeah, I started that in Vermont. So there was this article. I'll give a little refresher. There's an article on Glenn Beck's website. Do you know who Glenn Beck is? No. Like this. So he's this conservative radio guy, or maybe he's still no longer a, a radio person. I don't know. But at one point, he was this, this kind of radio personality, far-right guy. And he has a website, apparently. I discovered this when somebody sent me the link to this article on his website called The Blaze. And the article was, Feminist Artist Takes on Toxic Masculinity with Gun Sculpture. And I was like, oh, there's this whole article about me and my work in this very negative way about pretty much like, look at this artist in Brooklyn making gun sculptures. Isn't it so ridiculous? And so the, there was like a comment, of course, there's a comment section and uh, there were over 90 comments that were, a lot of them were really exploring a lot of the concepts that I was looking at with this gun series that I do, Warm Gun. Mm-hmm. And so they were all like geared at my, you know, clearly Natalie Baxter's confused about her role as a woman, which was kind of the epitome of what I was like, wait, 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 wait a minute. I am literally spending my days quilting and sewing. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of them were yeah, geared at my at my sexuality, my gender, my mental health. Like clearly or this is what shrooms and L S D do to the head is was one of them, or uh, just a man-hating feminazi with no redeemable qualities, not to mention no brain. So a lot of, like, really intense comments. Weren't there some that so, told you to shoot yourself? Yeah, there was one. <laughs> that was one. Um, so I turned them into these banners that were kind of echoing suffragette banners. Mm-hmm. These women were fighting for equality 100 years ago for the right to vote. And they would make these quilted banners to protest, similar to the stuff that you'd see that we saw, like, in the Women's March and right. any protest. So um, I turned these comments into banners. And, yeah, that was – that I still – I made those for a while. They are really fun. Are you making them – I mean, do you still – I mean, you must find random crazy comments. Yeah, I haven't made one in a while, but I've been showing them a lot yeah. recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, did it feel – well, first of all – did it feel kind of empowering to make them? And secondly, what was the general feedback on those? <laughs> um, it's just a vicious circle. It's funny, when I was at Vermont Studio Center, there was 
some visiting artist, she came and I was like, yeah, I'm starting to do the series, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, don't do this. This is going to get into your psyche. It's going to be bad for you. And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to do it, I think. I think I'll be okay. I see what she means. It's like you don't want to be spending all this time. Like swimming in the negativity kind of. Yeah. yeah. But for me, it was a way of turning it on its head and and um, and kind of playing with this, like looking at this as a cultural thing that was happening a lot. Like I, I wasn't like a... I'm no special case because somebody's attacking me on the internet like that is a very common thing for women to experience, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I mean, I took it as like a, it was, it was like a fun way of, of processing it, I guess. Yeah, I totally, I see that. Like I can see what her point was cause you don't, you know, and maybe that's why you don't do those forever for the rest of your career yeah. because that, you know, you got to kind of get your brain out of there too. There's something super empowering in that and like it's sort of, um, you know, like what I did with jealousy and trying to turn it around into something positive because yeah. you can let those comments get to you or you can mm-hmm. go, oh yeah, watch this. I'll make even more art. Thank you. Yeah. That's what exactly. I liked. I thought it was just such a, you know, F you to them to be like, oh, you think that you're hurting me? I'm actually going to make a whole bunch more really beautiful art that um, <laughs> this calls you out instead. Like, I just yeah. thought it was so hilarious and amazing and awesome. Um, and so, do you know how many you made of those, roughly? Uh, I would guess I made 15-ish. Oh, that's it? 20, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, not, they take a really long time. Uh, yeah, like, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Because I just saw so many, and I just loved them all, and it just felt, because I know that when you started your Warm Gun series, you went a little bit crazy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And had piles and piles. I love that photo of you in your studio, just surrounded by them. Yeah. I know, I'm still making, I'm still showing the guns a lot, so I just made a ton more. I love Um, them. And so, yeah, and then there's the flags in the middle of all of that. Yeah. Are you still making flags? I did just make a flag. So I'm about to go to a show up in Pennsylvania at Allegheny College. It's a small liberal arts school. So I'm I'm going to show a lot of the work there. And so I made a I made a new flag for that and I made a bunch of guns. And I'm showing these these like bedazzled eagles that I made. Yes, I saw those. Yeah, those were fun. Oh my gosh. Did, yeah. I did a residency, I did another re- residency at Wasaic Project and spent a month just bedazzling eagles <laughs> <laughs> and, and getting glitter everywhere. Oh, that's awesome. When was that? Um, I, that was not this past summer, but the summer before. Oh, so. okay, okay. Oh, my gosh. 27, 18, I don't know. I know, it's a blur. I shouldn't be asking you all these details with a six-month-old baby. Um, but that's an excellent segue into, okay, you're going to the show, you're making flags, and you're making guns. Like, um, how are you doing this with a six-month-old baby? Oh, my gosh. I know, it's insane. <laughs> I feel like I <laughs> I feel like I was like, okay, so I got pregnant, and I was like, oh, my God, what am I, what am I going to do about my studio practice? That was, like, my main concern was, like, how am I going to make this work with a baby? So I first started like reaching out to, I reached out to all of the artists, New York moms that I know. Yeah. I was like, how do you do this? Like, let's get coffee. 
And it was really good for me to hear all of these stories, of, especially people who were both artists, like partners who were both artists. Oh, right. Like, how do you handle this? So I kind of heard a lot of the the good and the bad of like, um, like at first it's fine and then you reach this breaking point and then, you know, all these things. And I also discovered this uh, this podcast called the Artist Mother Podcast. You, mm-hmm. you yeah, she just emailed about? me. I think I'm going to go and do an episode with her. Oh, amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that whole community is really wonderful that I kind of stumbled into. Also, just the mother community in general. It's like you're in New York, you're around all these people, but as soon as you get pregnant, this whole other world opens up where you're like, oh, there's these moms and pregnant people all around me, and they were there the whole time, but I'm just <laughs> like being tapped into it. And it was so amazing for on a logistical sense for stuff, baby clothes and baby things. So in New York, they're like, get it out of my apartment. Here, do you need this? Take this. Right. right. So that was kind of cool. Um, so what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> How you are managing to actually make art and take care oh. of Petra at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So at first I was like, oh, it's fine. I'll just put her in the corner of the studio and she'll play and I'll work and it'll be all magical and beautiful, which kind of worked for a little bit, but now I'm like, oh, I can't, I'll like be in the studio with her, wanting to work, all this fabric is just sitting around me, and um, I'm like, no, I guess I just have to hold you and like play with you for hours, you know, yeah. I've reached, reached a breaking point pretty much. <laughs> yeah, once they're <laughs> out of that newborn, once they're out of that newborn where they just sort of sit there and then feed and then sit there again, yeah. Yeah, so I'm... My husband is freelance, a freelance photographer, so we tag team a lot. And so I have, like, a pack and play in the studio. I have all this baby stuff now in my studio. Um, But he'll sometimes come and just, you know, watch her. Or we kind of take turns. Like, he'll bring his computer and edit photos. And we'll be like, all right, you're watching her for the first hour, and I'm going to work. And then, like, switch off. That's really good. I know. But now I'm I'm like okay I need a I need to hire a babysitter and I need to have a couple hours of no petrant by in the studio. Yeah. I'm, I think we're just kind of figuring it out as we go along and hodgepodging, hodgepodging this. Yep, life. that's I think what everybody does, because yeah. people can tell you before you have a baby what it's going to be like, you know, and you don't uh-huh. believe it. You don't. You're like, oh yeah, but I'll I'll do this and it'll be okay. And then yeah. and then you do I'll not. Yeah, <laughs> you don't realize how, because Charlie, um, I mean, every baby's different, right? Like, he wouldn't let me put him down. Yeah. I bought the swings and the stuff, like, any, anything that worked for anybody else's baby, I was like, I will, I will have that. And, um, no. nope, he would only wanted to be held by me. He would never take oh a bottle. We tried. Oh, neither does Petra. Yeah. It is, that's, I was like, I didn't even know that was a thing that babies did. Yeah. Was not take a bottle. Yeah. We tried starving him to death so that the, the yeah, only way he could get food. Yeah, nope. He just would, He just waited for me. So, you know, it depends on your baby. Some people, it's so easy yeah. because the baby's like, oh, yeah, they go with a the bottle. They go with anybody else. But he would lose his yeah. mind if it wasn't me. Oh, my God. Yep. That's our struggle. Is that, so I'm like, all right, well, I can have, like, three hours in the studio. But then, yeah, we're, she's, she's starting to eat food now, but she's not into it either. She's like... No, I'm a boob girl. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I know. That's what Charlie do. I was like, well, 
I guess I'm making him into a boob man. Like, I guess I know that he's going to, and, and he loved, he would always play with my hair. I had lo really long hair then. And he just would play with it while he nursed. And I said to my husband, I'm like, Oh God, I'm making him like, want like a woman with long hair and boobs. What am I doing to our child? But you know oh what? But now he's 13 and I rarely see him. <laughs> so. Yeah, I know. That's, that's what I've been telling myself. I'm like, all right, this is only temporary. Yeah, it's not super like, intense. And then you'll miss it. Like, you know, now yeah. now I'm like, oh, maybe. Um, when I realized it turned 2020 and I said to Greg, do you realize that he graduates in 2024? Wow. And it was like, what? Like, he was just born. And, you know, and in four years, he's, like, going off to college. And I was like, oh, my God. I said, do you want to have another baby? He said no. He said no. But you know what I mean? Like, it goes, like, when they're little, it's so intense. Like, it's hour by hour, and you're just, you're trying yeah. to get that hour to yourself or whatever. And then all of a sudden, like, they're on their way out the door, and you're like, what happened? So I am the wise, older mom saying, I know it's intense. Enjoy every second. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. It's a balance. But I mean, I'm so impressed. Like every time I see on your Instagram that you've made something new or that you've got a show coming up, I'm like, how the hell is she doing that? I know. I know. I didn't, I didn't take a break. Like I was like, you know, when like, I feel like artists and also freelance people, there's no weekend. There's no, no real vacation. There's no maternity leave. Like, yeah. no, that's not a thing. So yeah, I was like, I took her to the studio, which was like a week old. I was like, all right. Also, but I just had to do it to feel back to normal. I yeah. feel like, okay, this isn't, this is, she has to work into my life and this is what's going to make me happy and sane. Yeah. So we're going to figure it out. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's a different pace and I don't know. We're making it work. Yeah. Well, and I wonder like, um, is having her... <laughs> Is it working into your work yet? Like, is there anything where you're like, ooh, yeah, like ideas for new series that have to do with yeah. being a mother now? Yeah, sort of. Well, I I started this new series. I guess I did start it after she was born. Maybe maybe I came up with this idea before. I can't remember. No, it must have been after. But I want to do these this work around house codes. House codes? Yeah, do yeah. you know what a house code is? I do, yeah. Yeah, so, and it's kind of, like, a lot of my stuff goes back to my grandmother who taught me how to quilt and sew, but she used to wear a lot of house coats. It's kind of like a, it's like a robe, but it's more, I see it as, like, um, women's homework or wear. Yeah, yeah. So, like, she would, like, I would be at her house, and she did a lot of, like, gardening and sewing and quilting, and she would be like, well, do you want to do you want to put on a house coat? You know, like, you're here. <laughs> We're going to be hanging out in the house all day. <laughs> I'd be like, okay. <laughs> but anyway, but also just being at home and be, being in this new role of, of like, a mother and also just nursing this baby all the time. So you're kind of always in these, these clothes that are, you know, your boobs are accessible <laughs> or you're... <laughs> yeah. So, and this kind of works into what we're going to talk about later about craft and versus art. Yeah. But I, I, like I'm making these, these, uh, they're, they're kind of paintings really, but they're also kind of quilts, but they're stretched over painting stretchers. Ooh. Yeah. I haven't photographed these. I haven't really finished one. I have two, they take a really long time. 
and I have two that are semi-finished but not fully finished. Uh, but it came out of me making quilts a lot. So, okay, last year when I was pregnant, I have two sisters who were also pregnant. Oh, my God. I know. It was crazy. And one of them had twins. Oh, so my So there's, word. like, all these new babies. I know. So I was like, all right, I want to make all these babies a quilt, like a baby quilt. Um, so I made four quilts last year for the, all these babies. And I saw them very differently. Like, I was like, all right, these, this is so fun to make these quilts, but these are, this is not my work. This is a craft. Right. You know? Right. Um, and I was like, well, why do I think this is a craft? Why, why is this a craft? If I was a painter and I was making these, you know, decorative-y kind of pieces, those would be studies. You right, know? And right. No one, no one would question that they were art. Right. They would be art for the baby's room. Yeah. They'd yeah. be on a canvas. They're, no question. They're art. But because they're quilts, because they're functional, because there's this history of them being, I don't know, women's work or functional objects or whatever. So that got me thinking about this whole craft versus art thing. And then I was like, well, I, I want to keep making these quilts but I want to push this idea. And so stretching these house coat pieces over stretchers, I feel like makes you read them as art. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's but a stretcher involved. <laughs> yeah. But that's it, you know, yeah. so just playing with that. And so are you yeah. sewing on the house coats and then stretching them or are you painting on them? So I'm, I'm, I'm not painting on them at all. Okay. But they kind of, I'm saying they like kind of read as painting. Right, because of the stretcher and yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also the whole thing in painting now is like everything's a painting. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm figuring out how, how it works. So the first one I did, I, I quilted a background and then stretched it. But I think what I need to do is just make a, this is totally just um, process. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. But like making a um, making a quilt top, you know. So yes, yeah, the quilt's like a sandwich. There's like a, you stitch a quilt top. You have the batting, and then you have the back. So making this quilt top and putting batting on it and a background, but then stretching it without actually quilting it, I think is working best. I don't know. I'm hmm. I'm working through. It takes a long time to like work through how to make these. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. You need a yeah. you need a residency where you're, where a family can go. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of family residencies. There are. I know. Um, that that sounds so interesting. Yeah. And such a I'm, neat. Like I kept thinking that you know, like um, like watching you be well, not just pregnant, but super super pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> How late was she? Fifteen days late. Oh my God. Yeah. That picture that you posted of you in your bathing suit trying to stay cool with like a giant <laughs> yeah. baby and you yeah. Um and I, I kept thinking like, I wonder what she's thinking about just because your work is, you know, quilting and whatever, but yeah. so like guns. I was like, I'm so curious what motherhood like how that's gonna play into your work. Because I think that's so interesting. like We've got two big topics in this in this episode. Actually, is like being a, being able to be a mother and an artist, because that drives me crazy when people say you can't be both, and yeah. that um, if you use any kind of thread or textiles, that it it 
fall so quickly into the craft camp mm-hmm. instead of art. And so, like, I just love that you're doing both. Like, you're being yeah. a mom and an artist, and you're playing with these, like, traditional materials in an art way. Like, it's, you're covering all the things that drive me crazy. Yeah. and you're doing it so well and so you know one of the things I say um you know if people are like freaking out that they're pregnant or that they would like to have children but they're scared about their art practice I always say like you know if you want to have children have children and the thing is it's going to play into your art practice because it becomes part of who you are which then turns into the art that you make right you know, yeah. like you can't not like when I stayed home with Charlie, that's when my art actually started happening again because I was watching him every day. Yeah. And he was so inspiring. Like, you know, when he turned like two and he was just playing and he he would just be like a dinosaur for a whole day. <laughs> you know, he would just decide that he was a raptor and he would just eat his food like a raptor. He would tuck his arms into his shirt for a whole day. He was like a little method actor. And then, and he would just growl. He wouldn't talk or anything the whole day. And I just thought, yeah, that it's so fun. And I remember having fun, you know, and I was like, I'm getting so in my head about my work. It's like, why can't I just like let loose and have fun? And like watching you was a huge. I I know. And it was like a real catalyst for me because I really hadn't made anything in about 15 years. And so to see him, I was like, oh yeah. And I actually credit becoming a mother with kind of what jump started me to start wanting to make again. That's awesome. You know, so I think, I think, um, I, I just, I'm so happy that we're doing this episode and I've been wanting to ask you for a while, but I was like, I wonder if she's sleeping. Like, I wonder if she'll <laughs> want to do this or not. But, um, yeah. well, I think, I think this is a good segue into, I want to do a segment with you called, Oh shit, is this a craft? Yeah. <laughs> I just did a piece for a show that I have coming up in Nashville, and that's the title of it. I saw that. And it's got pom-poms on it. Yeah. Yeah, because I very often, I, I like using stuff like that. And then my inner critic is like, whoa, 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 hold on. And so I wanted to ask you first, and we're going to talk about a bunch of different artists that are doing different things, but, um, you know, you sort of were just telling that story of having that, like, thought when you're making those quilts for all the babies in your family. But have mm-hmm. you ever thought about that before have you ever thought oh gosh is this like have you ever had that back and forth in your head of craft versus art well yeah I think in the when I started that gun project which was the first work that I did with fabric yeah I was really really cautious of that and I was really cautious of the context that it was displayed in yeah because when you were asking me this um and also I did this talk at at 21c this museum hotel and it ended up the Q&A ended up turning into this conversation of like what is craft what is art what's the difference mm. um and I think I, when I am when you were asking me to do this I was thinking it really comes down to the concept of the work and the context that it's in mm-hmm. concept and it's, context yeah so with the gun series I'm pretty much making stuffed animal guns you know like if they were on Etsy, they wouldn't be in a museum. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yep. That's the context. Yeah, that's the context. And then concept is, because, well, first, so, okay, at this 21C talk, the Q&A, I was like, yeah, every everything that is craft is kind of art, you know? I was kind of, like, more inclusive. And then there's this professor, he 
taught at the University of Kentucky. His name's Arturo Sandoval. He's like a big deal textile guy. And he was like, no, it's all, con- it's about the concept. Like, do you have, if your work has this concept for, you know, like what you're, if you're making work about something, you're not just, um, you know, making a bunch of doilies or something. Right. Which I, I guess I, I think there's still a lot of blurred lines with, with what it is and what it isn't. Me too. This gives but, me such a headache. I know. Because you, like, but then, I know, then you start thinking, and you're like, but what, but what about this? And this yeah. is, I'd always, I thought a long time ago that I would maybe do my master's, and uh-huh. this is what I wanted to do my thesis on. Yeah. And then I couldn't even write the thesis statement, because I was like, oh my God, I don't even know. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot to think about. Um, but I think you're right. I think concept and context are, are totally the right thing. Like, okay, the G's bin quilt, that's like another good example. So, and if you watch these videos of these women, you know about the G's bin. I do, yeah, 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 I've written about them. And and for people that are listening, if you don't know, well, you'll give us a little background here, Natalie. And then I'll put a link in the the post so that people can go see. Yeah, they're awesome. They're this group of women that are in uh, Alabama, and they all, they make quilts out of, just how quilting used to be back in the day where you find scraps and you, you know, put together this piece. But they're not like, I am an artist. This is my studio. They're like, I'm just making a quilt. But then their work is displayed in, you know, the Whitney, the New Museum, you know, the, I don't know, maybe the Met. I think it wasn't at the Met. Just like, I don't know. But then it's that idea of like, oh, these higher art, higher world art people or these curators dictate what art is I don't yeah, yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I know like it this it's like this just giant circle that could go round and round and round and like you know um and then I think of people who are like like is it if it's functional like if you're making yeah. ceramics that are functional versus conceptual but then those people probably have a story in their head when they're making the functional pieces too yeah I, I see. This is what this is what happens. But here's a very know. interesting thing. I think. Now I've talked about this briefly before, and um, but um, Terrence Payne, who I've had on before. Do you know him? He so. he's an artist from Minneapolis. He does these huge um, oil pastel drawings, and um, but re- last year, the year before, he started making quilts. That, oh, yeah. that looked like his pieces, kind of. But he was just thought it would be fun to try something different. And I don't know, they got a sewing machine, and he was like, oh, I'll just give it a try. Well, they never even went into the craft realm at all because yeah, he's a man. Yeah, he was already at, oh, yeah, there's that, too. Yeah, and then his, his point, I asked him that. I said, do you think it's because you're a dude? And he's like, he said, yeah, probably. And he said, I also think it was because I had a practice before. Like, he's like, I yeah, kind of wonder if I'd right. come on the scene just doing quilts Mm-hmm. Um, right out of the gate, would it have been considered? Oh, wait. Is this the guy? Oh, no, no, wait. I'm looking him up. Never mind, never mind. Something else. Who are you thinking? Oh, oh yes, yes, I know who you're thinking of. What? Um, there's another guy, because Ter- Terrence referenced him, too, um, that does these really cool quilts, but they're considered fine art as well. His name's Nick somebody or something. Anyway, but it was just interesting talking to Terrence about it, because... Um, I do think, like, 
I was just saying to my husband before we jumped on this call that I said, you know, if, if Natalie's guns had been done by a man, never ever would it have even crossed somebody's mind that it was craft. I think. Yeah. And no, I'm not man bashing. I just, I think it's yeah. just like a well, fact. This, uh, here's another thing that happened to me um, since I've last talked to you. So I had this group of students in my in my studio, and I went into this whole spiel about, it was like a, some grad students, and I was going into this whole spiel about, this is my work, and this is what this means, and this is why I chose this. Like, pretty much, I'm not explaining, but but kind of feeling like I was, like, justifying all the work and, mm-hmm. and telling, like, like um, maybe it was kind of like PTSD from grad school where you're like, I have to explain everything and, and know, understand like why I chose this material and what it, what I'm trying to convey or whatever. And then we went to this uh, male painter's studio. He's like, I don't really have a spiel. I just paint. And I was like, oh my God, why do I feel like I have to have a spiel? I was like, is it because I'm making like the material that I'm using? Or is it because I'm a woman? Or is it because of both? Or this, like, craft thing? I was, like, had this kind of existential crisis of, like, oh, like, you get to just paint because you are a man who paints. No question. You're an artist. That, yes. That. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm working on a talk right now that I'm giving in March, and one of the things, and I've talked about this a little bit before, but... Um, when I was in art school and again, you know, PTSD, but, um, I was doing humor based work just cause I'm cool. funny and, you know, I hadn't had an angsty childhood. And so I just was doing what I knew. And so I was incorporating humor and whatever. And the prof said to me, um, um, you know, it's bad enough that you're a woman, but if you if you try and put humor into your work, like you will never be taken seriously. Oh God. And so I just like... stripped all the funny out of work because I was like, well, I do want to be taken seriously and like I can't stop the woman thing. Yeah. You know, and um, so then I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. So as I just started playing with like lots of black paint, I'm like, is this angsty and I, I don't know and um, it took that was when I was about 20 and I didn't start doing funny art until I was 42 oh that's so annoying isn't that so annoying and um yes and also because, that's just a bad teacher that is a bad teacher that's the guy that told me I should never paint again too like so he was just a bad teacher yeah <laughs> but um that's what this talk is about it's like that that seed got planted in my head as a truth you know, I believed that it was bad enough that I was a woman, and I believed that I couldn't do humor, and I think, hence the spiel. Like, I think that's yeah, when you yeah. start writing that spiel in your head, that you have to justify, that you have to, you know, and if those seeds, you know, this dude saying he just paints to paint, I, that seed was never planted in his head, probably. Never had to have it. No. Anything. Never had to do that. Yeah. And I'm sure there are guys that went to art school who had things planted in their heads that, you know, they're like, oh, God, there was this one guy in my class. He was the sweetest, quietest guy. <laughs> and he did this. I mean, we never saw him. Like, he, he, he was so shy. So he was never, like, never worked in the studios. Neither did I. I worked in my little res room. And um, anyway, he came at the end of the year with these uh, nine, pan, uh, nine, nine, what was it? Nine six foot by six foot 
panels. So it was huge, like just filled this entire wall, floor to ceiling. And um, he had worked on them on the ground, sort of Jackson Pollocky, and he had, was splashing paint, and um, but he had like car enamel in there, and it would like, you know, curl in and swirl in with the other paint. And they were gorgeous. And so he put them up, and nobody could believe it, because like, who was this guy? Like, yeah. like we never ever saw him, and then he comes with like this huge, like gorgeous piece. And so, he, you know, he puts it up, and he's doesn't want to really say much and this one girl in my class she was the worst she was always the one in a crit to say something stupid and she just looks at it and she goes oh, you may as well have just masturbated all over the canvas <laughs> and you could just see the horror in his face so in his case I'm sure a seed was planted don't splash yeah. paint <laughs> or people will think that you're you you know masturbated on the canvas so I mean I'm sure like we can't generalize that only women feel like this, but I think if you're, if we do generalize, <laughs> I think, I think women feel way more like they have to have the spiel or they, they can't just make for the sake of making because, you know, it's bad enough that you're a woman and you won't be taken seriously. Yeah. It's Which super I do think has sort of changed um, recently. Maybe it's this, new political environment that we're in. But I was looking through all of the my CV to be like, what have I been up to? And a lot of the shows are, a lot of shows I've been in have been predominantly women or mostly women in the show, but also mostly kind of like looking at this craft versus art thing or women's work, which I'm, I'm like almost a little sick of. Yeah. And I wonder, I worry if it's, if it's a fad, you know, like, oh, like this is so great. We're showing more women. But still, in, in bigger galleries, they're, you know, 90% male artists. Yeah. And I, I know. worry if it's like, oh, let's, like, oh, here's an example. Oh, we went to Boston, and there's, at the MFA in Boston, there's this show called, like, Women Take the Floor. And it was, like, this curated exhibition of, like, one floor of, of like, women have been left out of art history, and here we're going to give them a whole floor. <laughs> which is great but also the show is just jumbled of like here's a woman who made this thing like it wasn't a very nicely curated <laughs> show but I was like is this what we've come to they're like you know pat yourself on the back we just we gave the women the whole floor yeah I know I know this is how I felt like um well you're in both of my women books um yeah and I really wanted to do that but then at the same time like it was like I, I toyed with even putting women in the title of the of the book because I was like, I just want it to be a big, important art book. Mm-hmm. And it just well, happens to be filled with women. Yeah, yeah. Like, do, like we, do we have to call out that, you know, and inevitably the, the publishers are like, yes, like people need to know quickly looking at the cover that this is a book filled with women. And I was like, okay. Um, which I get, like you have to compete with 5,000 books on the shelves. And like, that is what makes this book stand out compared to other art books. But I was like, the thing is, they're just, these are the stories of amazing artists that are doing really interesting things. Uh Period. It's like, yes, they all happen to be women. It's just like, yeah, Yeah. it's a a fine balance. And I do think you're right. I think it's starting to shift. It's because, and I think the um, giving us the whole floor is this yeah. way of trying to compensate and turn the ship around. And so I think it's going to 
be misguided and done a little bit heavy-handed. Yeah, um, but we're then in transition. We're in transition, yeah. And then hopefully it will just become the norm and it will be like, oh, what? It didn't used to be, you know, this used to be a thing? Like, that'll be a nice day. Yeah. I hope that's a day. I feel like I mostly hang out with women artists. Like, I don't know. I know, well, also, so a friend of mine from, from undergrad, I'm going into, like, lots of different tangents. No, I love it. No, no, bring it. I love it. (laughs) Uh, A friend of mine from undergrad moved here. She worked for Gagosian, so she was there. She was in London for 10 years and moved to New York, still worked for Gagosian. And I was like, oh, I want to get together all these women artists that I, friends that I know. Like, we should do, like, a happy hour. She's like, oh, no, let's do, like, a whole thing. Let's start a group. Let's have a cheese plate, cocktail, (laughs) do a whole thing. We've been doing this for, I mean, guess, two years. Oh. Yeah. So we've been gathering. It's so awesome. It started out as, like, maybe 20 people, 30 people. And now we have, like, a list of 150 badass women who, who work, not just artists, but also gallerists, curators, whoever. Um, we, like, choose a different location in New York and, and have just pretty much parties. But then mm. all this amazing stuff has, like, come out from these meetings of like this person's in a show with this person this person curates this this woman's work it's really wonderful wow can people find out about that like are they the part like is it like an open like come on down or is it like a group that you have it's not really that open i don't know we're, we're figuring out what what it can evolve to because you know space is always an issue and you right know, you can't really have these like huge parties but i don't know if somebody emails me is like hey i'm interested we call it 71, which is the year, 1971, the year Linda Nochlin wrote, uh, Why Are There No Great Women Artists? Oh, that's essay. awesome. Yeah. So that's been fun. So then it's like my world is uh, is mostly women artists. I'm like, mm-hmm. there's so many, so many amazing, I don't know. Well, it's yeah. funny too, because like I mainly write about women artists too, and, and not on purpose. It's just, I just find that a lot of the work that I find that I'm like, oh my God, I love this. And when I look it up, it happens to be a woman. Yeah. You know, and I don't seek them out or whatever. And I still write about men when I find work. Like I base it on the work that I love. I don't look at, you know, I don't see color. I don't see gender. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I really, it's true. Like I really just try and go, oh, I wish I made that, you know, like that's yeah. the, the thing. And then, and then I go and find out who the person is. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, oh man, we are covering all the heavy stuff. And tomorrow you won't even remember we had this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be like, what I did know. I say on that podcast? Um, well, yeah. let's talk about a few people that are doing interesting things. So I already mentioned Terry's quilts. Um, do you know, um, Sheila Hicks work? Yeah. Yeah. Now that, Sheila Hicks, I saw her um, piece, that those big, huge, colorful... In Alley? Yes, in Venice. I saw that too. Oh my God, it just took my breath away. And it's clearly not a craft Amazing. because it is it fills up an entire room with all these colorful balls of... Well, they look like pom-poms, but I think it's like actually like colored pigment. Yeah. Like I think if you sat on it, you would turn that color. Yeah. So you're not allowed that. to That's sit on it. That's the first time I saw her work, too, was in Venice. Mm-hmm, me too. And then she's got this huge history behind her. Like, she's, she's yeah. been making work for ages. And in that situation, um, again, like, her work context, right? It's in the Venice Biennale. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Her work was also at the Women Take the Floor. Oh, show. really? Uh-huh. What, what yeah, piece did she, what was it like in that? Was it like a similar thing or was it different than the it Venice was, one? It was different. It was these, um, like big rope-like looking pieces. Oh, yeah. It was, it was really cool. And then did she also, no, that's somebody else, never mind. Um, when you're in that textiles camp. Yeah. It goes right back to what we were talking about. Like, when does it become, like, um, Erin Riley, Erin M. Riley. Yeah, yeah. Do you know her? Have you met her? I met her once or twice. Okay. At, I went to one of her shows years ago. Yeah, and I because like, she I really like to work. Yeah, she does. My husband speak. was like, go introduce yourself, go introduce yourself. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little fangirl, but yeah, her work's awesome. Yeah, and in that case, it's, it's concept for sure, right? Like the fact that she does these huge weavings of these like, you know, sexting photos or like images she finds online of, you know, girls partying and, you know, throwing up and whatever. And um, I had her on the podcast and she told the whole story about how that all started and how I guess her sister was um, having issues with drugs. And like, I mean, there you go. Like there's concept, right? And, um, but that she chooses not to do paintings, she okay. chooses it to do to do them in textiles, and um, I just I just think it's so fascinating. And so I've been purposely trying to get more craft materials into work that I know is going to a gallery. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just think it's just my yeah. rebel, my rebel um, Canadian in me. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, you know Betsy Greer. Yes. The yeah, um, that's an. She curated a show that I was in at the Museum of uh, Museum of Art and Design in Atlanta, I believe. Yeah. And it was all on craft craftivism, so it was like all artists using craft based material as activism. Were there any That's men what, in it? Good question. I'm going to put that on the podcast right now. If you're if you're a male artist listening to this and you use craft materials, can you email me? And point me to your work because I would really like to see that. I know someone. Um, they're trans. They're Max Colby. You should look at their work. Okay. It's amazing. Um, maybe no longer male identifying actually, but okay, really beautiful work. You should look at their work. Okay, I will. That's funny. Okay. Um, spacecraft. Who else? Oh, I did just write about a guy, and I'm going to completely blank on his name, but he did full-size army men in crochet. Oh, cool. Like the little army men, you know, toys. But he did them as full-size, like actual size. Well, I think they're like the size of children. Um, but they're in crochet, and, like, you know, some are lying on the ground with their gun, and other ones are, like, about to throw a grenade. And um, they're really cool, and it's all crochet. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it's way more women, and I don't know why. Is it because our grandmas taught us? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's just the way that it's been passed down, or... That's a good question. Yeah. get this master's. I should, right? Get this sorted out. (laughs) So that we're not just like, I don't know, what do you... I don't know either. Um, Yeah. But I think people probably listening right now are like... Probably have their own thoughts, but are also probably like... Yeah, I don't know either. Like it's, I just think it's such an interesting um, conversation, and I, I, I love all the work that you're doing, and I just think um, it's kind of cool to tap into your brain, and um, I can't wait to see your house coats. 
I love everything yeah, you do. I so I always love seeing what's coming next because you're always kind of pushing it and and um, thinking about the next thing. And every time I talk to you, you're thinking about the next thing. So, um, and now you've got little Petra along for the ride. Yes. Wait, I just thought of more, dude. Oh, good. Okay, I've got my pen. Okay. Um, Scott Walker, he does a lot of embroidery work. Okay. Um, and then I am blanking on this guy's name. I was in a show with him. Uh, I'm like Googling it right now. <laughs> oh, he, um, he does soft sculpture stuff. And, oh, what is his name? I don't know. <laughs> it, I was in a show, it was called Soft Grit, and it was a bunch, it was a lot of men, actually, mm. in the show, which I really was like, good for them, for like, for, um... Oh, is that a siren or your baby? Uh, oh, that's a siren. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Soft um, Grit, well, look a, it up. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you. Okay. I'm on his name. Uh, his work, he does a lot of soft culture stuff and some weaving stuff. I know he should. Anyway, I'll, I won't waste podcast time. I think it is. David, <laughs> it's David fine. Smith. David B. Smith. That's what it was. Or David, yeah. David Smith. Okay. <laughs> Baby brain <laughs> is legit. I know. It's, it's a real weird. thing. It is a real thing. Well, I have no excuse. I think it's a real thing. Yeah. I can't, I, I can't be blanking on names because my kid is 13. But baby <laughs> brain is real. I know. I'll be like, get the, the, the you know, the thing. It's like, the bag like that word oh my god i i hate to tell you but it lasts till they're about five yeah so somebody who has three-year-old they're like yeah i still have that yeah okay david b smith is his name okay you will like his work okay thank you and i again i will put all of this at the bottom of the post so that everybody can go and find and again yeah like if you're a guy doing this stuff, um, I would love to hear from you and tell me why you're doing it. Did your grandma teach you? Or, like, how did you decide to do this? Like, I just think the whole thing, and I don't want anyone to think I'm, you know, judging or railing against anything. I'm just literally so curious about all this. And that's why I say it gives me a headache because I could go round and round in my head trying to mm-hmm. figure it out. And I just don't know if it's figure-outable. Yeah. I don't know. I just think it's interesting. Um <clears throat> Oh my god, can you hear my stomach That's growling? Really <laughs> is it is it like breakfast time? Yes, it is. <laughs> it's breakfast time. Yeah. Um, but I keep hearing it growl and I'm like, oh I wonder if they can hear that on the I mic. don't hear it. Okay. No. <laughs> um, were you gonna say somebody else? Um what was I gonna say? <laughs> Something <laughs> awesome and insightful, I bet. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um oh. oh, I was gonna say that this that's why it would be a great master's thesis. Or PhD thesis. Yeah, or would it I'm push sure. you over the edge? Yeah, maybe. You know, you'd come out of it just like they'd have to, like, put you away. Because you'd be like, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know the answer. I don't know anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do think, I do think it's really um, an interesting thing, and, like, that's what I'm trying to play with in mind. Like, I was doing some work for the gallery that I, I show with in Toronto, and I'm, I really wanted to do a bunch of stuff with pom-poms. <laughs> But yeah. it's like a really nice, like, you know, white wall gallery. So I, I wrote the um, director and I said, how do you feel about pom-poms? And she wrote me back and said, use them sparingly. Oh, <laughs> and really? so I worked that into a title. Um, I, I did a piece that had Queen Elizabeth 
Um, I don't know what she was doing in the actual photo. I cut her out of a book and it looked like she was like picking something up or dropping something. So I have her standing in a huge pile of actual pom-poms, dropping one into the pile. And it's titled, um, um, use them sparingly, they said. Um, but it was too late. Liz was already knee deep. And, um, and like, that's sort of how I feel. It's like, well, I don't want to use them sparingly. And so yeah. I've been I've been using glitter and pom-poms and googly eyes. And um, I just think it's funny. Yeah. But, you know, it's bad glitter enough that I'm, I'm a woman, glitter. so I shouldn't be funny, too. But Glitter will get everywhere, though. Are you discovering that? How it's like... Yeah. I guess, like, Petra came out of the wound with glitter on it. I know. <laughs> I know, I just went to pat my dog the other day, and he had glitter on his back, and I was like, oh, sorry, dude, that was for me, I was, I was working Years on, years later, yeah, I know, I was working on a piece um, that's called Bling Self, work, what, I know whose work you should look up, okay, the pom-poms, Allison Remus, you know her work, no, she uses some pom-poms, also, she was interviewed on that Artist Mother podcast, and she's had a big show in New York, she does paintings, but uses some pom-poms, I think you'll like it, okay, Remus? Remus, R-E-I-M-U-S. Okay. Allison. Okay. Love it. Love it. I love using pom-poms. Why not? Okay. And that's sort of going back to, like, um, you know that I just did a kid's book? Did you know that? Oh, yeah. I'll that's have so to awesome. send one I for a pet truck. Um, oh, yeah. But that's one of the things I was sort of talking about. Woo! Another siren. Yeah. There's a fire station nearby. Uh, <laughs> um, that must be nice when she's napping. <laughs> she can sleep through the New York baby. Yeah, that's true. I guess she doesn't ever really have a choice. Um, but yeah, like writing this kid's book, I was sort of, you know, thinking about the fact that like when you were little, like you would just glue, like if you found pom-poms, you weren't not gluing them to something. Yeah. You know, um, and I just thought, I wonder why that goes away. Like, yeah. why do we stop gluing pom-poms to stuff? Like, why do we have to use oil? Like acrylic isn't even considered legit half the time. You know, it's like, yeah. why can't we glue pom-poms on stuff? You know, and so that's why I just kind of, it makes me mad. So I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm embracing pom-poms. Bring them back, baby. Yeah. Goes back to you trying to be a serious artist and using black. And like right. Steering away from. Yeah. Maybe if I have, yeah. maybe if I question it, I'll use black pom-poms and make it feel more legit. <laughs> 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 and I only apply them with glue. There. Does that make it? Does that make it better? <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, now you're serious. Yeah. Exactly. Siri. I'm a serious artist. Take me seriously. Um, well, I have kept you for an hour, and um, I'm sure your husband is getting back from his walk very soon. But um, this was. I mean, I feel like we went around in circles, and we didn't come out with any clear answers. We came out with vague answers, but I think. I just think the conversation is cool and hopefully it'll spark more conversations and maybe people will email me with their thoughts because I would love to hear them. And in the meantime, I will keep a sharp eye on your Instagram to see what you're doing. Yes. Yeah. Is there anything yeah. you want to tell people, like shows people should go and see that are coming up or anything? Yeah, I can tell you some coming up things. Uh, well, I have a show in New York that opens on Thursday. It's a group show. It's at the School for Visual Arts okay. in Manhattan. Um, so that's this Thursday. It's called Femophilia, which I really like that title of that show. It's uh, curated by Marley Smith. Mm-hmm. And then I have this... Uh, then Saturday, the whole family is headed to 
uh, Pennsylvania to Allegheny College because we're doing a show. We're doing a show with two other artists, Stephanie Cantor and Ian S. Thomas. Okay. Called Domestic Displays. Uh, they're so it's, it's actually kind of on par with what we're talking about. A lot of they do a lot of ceramic work, um, kind of vessel like, and then I have all this. It's all kind of like crafty based materials, I guess. Um, curated by this woman, Paula Burley. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. And yeah, I know. I'm excited about that. We're doing, we're going to stay for this panel discussion, so oh. this is kind of a good prep for that panel discussion, Yeah. Probably. Well, can I, are you going to remember the dates for that if I ask you right now, or do you want to email them to me? Um, I can email, I think it opens Tuesday. Okay. Next, like a week from today. Okay. <clears throat> I can, I can Google you this. And then, um, I'm going to be in art fair, material art fair in Mexico City. <gasps> wow. Are you going? Yeah. We're going to go. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. When's that? I know. That is early February. Ooh, that's a good time to leave New York to go to Mexico. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, Mexico amazing. City seems like everyone's going there and they're obsessed with it. Fun. I know it's like lots of really interesting stuff is happening there and in lots of like little interesting um, towns in Mexico like there's all these like cool like um, Oaxaca like there's all these cool color workshops yeah. and different things and yeah textiles yeah everywhere. yeah yeah go textiles yeah <laughs> well I will and then I have more but I don't have to, like, you have you more later. okay go okay one uh, there's some show in Cologne, Germany. That's still like kind of in the works in March. Jeez. And then this show, which I'm pretty excited about, this summer. It goes from August up till the 11th mm-hmm. at Alabama Contemporary Art Center. It's called The Art of Taking Sides. Oh, boy. So that's still in the works, but I'm excited to see what happens with Are you going to make new work for that, or are you sending stuff you've done already? It's a really, really big space. So I think I'm going to make something new. Mm. Yeah, probably will. Mm-hmm. Who knows? <laughs> so those are my those are my upcoming. I wrote them down for you. You are a busy lady. I know. First year of Charlie's life, I think I just went to Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I know. I think I need to take a little. I'm gonna I'm gonna slow it down a little bit. I think. Soon. Well, One you day. know, I think the the thing is too when um when you have your first baby, you, you plan a lot of stuff before the baby's born because you're like this this ba- parenthood's not going to slow me down. Watch yeah. this, and you you have all this stuff. Like so many artists have told me that that they're like they plan all these shows so that they are motivated to keep yeah. working, and then they're like, oh no, <laughs> yeah. and then they're like, yeah, six months, and they're like, you know what? Maybe I just need to slow a tiny bit. Because yeah. you can't know. You cannot know until that baby shows up. Anywho. Okay, well, um, yeah, take care. I will watch on Instagram. Thanks for having me on. Okay, thanks, Natalie. Bye. Bye. Ooh, do you have a headache after that? <laughs> I really do think it is such an interesting topic. And after thinking about this a little bit more after we finish recording, this is where I'm netting out. Make whatever the hell you want to make for whatever reason you want to make the thing you're making. (laughs) And if you want to use thread or tassels or pom-poms, do it. Screw the labels. They are exhausting and limiting. Ah, There, I feel better. I hope you do too. Thank you to Natalie for taking time out of her very busy life to do this with me. Thanks to Create Magazine for supporting this episode and for doing an issue about women artists. 
and thanks to you for listening. I will be back with Terrence Payne and more of his pain points, not to mention another round of Shit Terry Says, next weekend. See you then. Thank you.